Hello and welcome once again to my podcast, Discover the Hidden Potential of Your Mind. My name is Angelica and I'm here with my friend and fellow coach and co-facilitator Patrick Ryan. And I'm so thrilled that we're doing this podcast together, Patrick. Well, me too. Um, I'm really excited and thank you for inviting me. Mm. Yeah, so on this episode today, we would like to talk about the one topic that we're both really passionate about. Relationships. Relationships. Right. So we practice doing this together. <laughs> Patrick and I... Still in more practice. Right? We need some more practice, I think so too. So Patrick and I have known each other actually for a long time, for 12 years, yes, right? Yes. Mm. So we originally met 12 years ago when we both took our first Psyche training. And for those of you who are wondering what that is, Psyche is... a very effective and efficient method to change our beliefs at a subconscious level. So if you're interested, contact one of us. And since then, we've taken many different trainings and become workshop facilitators ourselves. We have both been teaching on a variety of subjects about mm -hmm. relationships and emotional intelligence, communication skills, stress management, trauma resolutions, Right, subconscious belief changes, uh, releasing emotions, and I've worked with messages in our dreams or integrating our shadow parts and so on. It's a long list, really, of mm -hmm. the different things um, we have taught. And we've decided to team up to share with you our combined knowledge and experience about fulfilling and successful relationships. Yeah, because we have learned uh, some of the same coaching technique, and but some also different. So toge together we have this toolbox of the overflow, overflowing with gifts for anybody who wants to improve or even co-create or heal their relationships. This include long-term romantic relationship, of course, but also relationship, relationships with our children or parents or other family members relationship with friends even and last but not least work relationships right so today we would like to take a look at some key ingredients to meaningful relationships and that means personal as well as professional ones because when you look at life life is all about relationships we can literally not exist without relationships between you and anyone or anything there's a relationship And I bet that most of our audience would agree with us that our relationships can be the source of greatest happiness, but they can also be a source of great heartache and pain. Yeah. Right. So we've got a couple of questions for you. The first one is, what constitutes happiness for you? And where do your personal and professional relationships rank? when it comes to happiness and success. Right, so we would like to invite you to consider that creating a relationship is like preparing a great dish. I wonder if there's cooks out there, who people who love to cook. Because there's certain basic ingredients that every relationship needs. And without those ingredients, you don't have an edible dish or relationship at all. And then on top of those components, there's other ingredients or so-called spices that you could add to make a relationship better or to individualize it to taste and requirements because we're, of course, all individuals. Yes, and everybody has different criteria. 
for what makes typically a happy relationship or successful relationship. So some people are comfortable with a certain amount of friction or even enjoy playful arguments as they find it stimulating. Other people strive for more harmony and less conflict. Right. That would be me. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, I hear you. And you're making a really good point there about the arguments because uh, Dr. John Gottman, who's a relationship expert and author of books on how to make your marriage work, he has proven in all his research uh, that it's not the argument itself that's the problem in a relationship, but how the couple argues determines whether a relationship will last or not. Yes, and, and we also differ in the amount of communication that we need. Like some people like to have open and vulnerable talks, you know, every day. Other are more kinesthetic and prefer less words and, and more silent communication through touch. So our goal here is not to tell you what is a good relationship, but to help you define what constitutes happiness for you and how your personal and professional relationship can be improved based on your own criteria. Mm-hmm, yeah, and I find studies on happiness really fascinating. And there's a 75-year-long Harvard study on happiness. And that study has shown that happiness and living a healthy long life are not about wealth or fame or working harder, right? Sometimes that's what we think. But what keeps us happy and healthy are actually good relationships. That means if I'm in a relationship where I feel lonely and unsupported, that is actually detrimental to my health. So when we're in a relationship with little affection or with toxic interactions, that stress and that loneliness shortens our life. However, living in the midst of good, warm relationships, that's protective for us. It even affects our physical pain positively. We feel less pain in, in such a warm, happy relationship. It protects our brains from decline, happy couples have experienced um, that their memories stay sharper longer. Yeah, it's fascinating, a, it, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And mm. reminds me this other study um, that has been done in Okinawa, Japan. Some uh, researchers gained some very interesting understanding of what supports longevity and health. So they examined about 900 centenarians. Uh, you know, this is one country where they, they have many um, people. People were 100, live, yeah. Right, mm. and more. So... Um, these elderly people, they have, you know, interviewed like 70, in the, the people in their 70s, 80s and 90s. And, they, and the one they were over 100 years are still physically active and they're playing and even working for some of them. So the healthy mind and healthy body. What is really interesting is that they observed that these elderly Japanese people all experience a strong sense of connection to their community. It's basically the glue, you know, that keeps them happy and healthy and the, the long-lasting relationship that they have forged. They're, they're laughing. I, I saw that, that YouTube video, and you know, they, they always have a lot of humor and they're mm-hmm. laughing and they mm-hmm. know each other well. Right. They have that, that glue, you know. So, in other words, caring, loving, happy relationship are what human needs and thrive on. Right, yes. Mm. 
So let's get back to our cooking metaphor from the beginning. What are some of the most important ingredients for relationship success? Well, some of you might say communication skills, right? And in our workshops, we will, of course, teach you successful communication skills. Um, other people might, we've talked about arguments earlier, right? They might think of conflict management as an important skill. Yeah, and these are some elements we're going to teach you also of how to handle conflicts at home and at work. Yet again, a third person might say, well, our emotional intelligence is a crucial factor. Right, and we definitely agree. Because we believe that courage and practice is required to feel and allow real emotional connections. It's not always that easy. Well, and then maybe a fourth person might point out that the actual willingness to work through an issue is an important or crucial requirement. Yes, and we both wholeheartedly agree that usually relationship success occurs when both parties are willing to put the work in so important because sometimes you know we blame the other we don't take responsibility and we didn't come back on that but you know right it's like okay uh, I do the work and the other one is more lazy so important to both really involved and, and completely immersed into that work absolutely and in different times during your relationship one person might do more of the work but as long as it changes and it stays in balance that both people are willing to do the work that's, mm -hmm. that's what we need um, I do want to comment though that even one person who's willing to change can affect shifts in a relationship so if we're not necessarily talking about our intimate partner but we're talking about a work relationship or another family relationship if I'm willing to change myself my own triggers how I respond, how I react, what's going on for me internally, that totally affects um, a shift and change in the relationship. And what we will teach you in our workshops is to have a growth mindset for all your relationships and also to turn that working on the relationship, that sounds so serious, but to turn that into something that's actually fun and playful. Yes, because humor and being able to celebrate successes in our relationships are two more ingredients that makes a whole difference between a bland meal or bland relationship and a really pleasurable and enjoyable one. Right, yes, celebrating, that's fun. Mm. <laughs> okay, so creating these empowering, fulfilling and pleasurable relationships actually begins with self-awareness with creating a compassionate and loving relationship with ourselves. That's the base of everything. Right. Because the more we understand ourselves, that means our past traumas, that we've experienced our triggers in relationships, what sets us off. And the more we learn how to address when we're emotionally activated, the more we become relationship savvy. So different relationship skills are, of course, important. The willingness to make a relationship work is again another important ingredient and there's one ingredient specifically that we want to elaborate on a little bit more today right Patrick yes and that is heart openness or heart-centeredness and that heart openness makes a tremendous difference in all our relationships and that's not just in our 
intimate love relationships. Mm -hmm. And do you want to explain a little bit what we mean by heart-centeredness or heart-openness? For sure. You know, um, science has proven that ele the electromagnetic field of the heart is 60 times stronger than the electromagnetic field of our brain. So, the, the heart emits some <clears throat> frequency that has an effect on people, on things, on everything. It's the most powerful organ in our body. And it was formed in the womb, you know. It is really the core of our being. So... You know, we say our heart is our second brain, but some people said it's our first brain. Right. It has even its own intelligence and think, feel, even remember. So basically, we're constantly scanning or our surrounding. You know, we're always evaluating what's going on around us. That's by default uh, for, for life-threatening events or evidence of a potentially threatening situation. So if we want to really be in a space of positive heart frequency, allowing us uh, to bring in more, to bring more love, greater joy or better health and more abundance, well, we need to be able to trust and feel good with our partner. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, then this electromagnetic field in our, of our heart allows us to resonate with the other people. So when we are in a loving heart space or in a state of appreciation and gratitude, then we send out these powerful electromagnetic signals to those around us. And those signals, as you mentioned before, uh, that if one is willing to do the work, you know, it has an effect on the other. And it goes in the same way because it goes with the alignment of your heart frequency. The signals are basically have a direct influence Uh, and are measurable in the brain of the other person. Yeah, that's fascinating, isn't it? So, Indeed. when we're in that heart coherence, it's called, when our thoughts and feelings are aligned with our heart, we are less reactive, able to think more clearly, and we're able to solve problems from the more advanced parts of our brain, instead of those primitive reptilian responses of fight, flight, or freeze. So learning heart coherence is an important part of our relationship workshops because we, nobody teaches us how to do this. We learn how to use our brain, but nobody um, shows us how to use our heart and be in that space. And when we mean heart coherence, we mean being in alignment with our energy and our thoughts. Right. Mm -hmm. So we also talking about what we haven't learned. We also often haven't learned how to communicate successfully. Instead, we have learned to talk and often react in a defensive way. And of course, our defensive behaviors are in general destructive and they prevent us from building healthy, loving relationships or growing them. So Patrick and I would like to demonstrate how differently an interaction unfolds when you come... Let me untwist my tongue here. When you <laughs> communicate from an open heart. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we've got our two accents going on here too, yes. right? The German accent and the French accent. Mm. So um, we're going to demonstrate how differently an interaction unfolds when we can communicate from an open heart. And when we are making, when we're willing to make five commitments 
And we're going to elaborate on those five commitments after our demonstration. We're going to pretend to be siblings. Patrick is going to be my brother. And there's an issue that needs to be resolved. And of course, the same principles we're going to model apply to romantic relationships or professional relationships. All right, here we go. Hi, nice to finally see you here. It seems like you had a nice long vacation. Well, yeah, but it was only five, uh, only 10 days, actually. Right, for the third time this year. I wish I had the money and time to go on luxurious vacations like you. Well, why don't you make time then? Great, and who would take care of mom while I'm away? Certainly not you. You've never been that responsible. Stop nagging. I'm not a child anymore and you don't have to treat me like one. Well, I have to nag to get you to take responsibility for anything. Have you fixed mom's dishwasher yet? No, I didn't have time. Great. So her dishes pile up for me to do because with her arthritis in her hands and in her wrists, she can't do them. You never help take care of her. I've got other things on my plate too. I can't constantly be your only caretaker. Oh, come on. She's fine. Stop worrying so much about her. No need to always be so dramatic. Ah, <sighs> That really gets the system going, right? That gets yeah. your heart rate beating faster. That's right. <laughs> gets you heated up. Ah, so And now. you probably know many people who are like that typically and uh, are in the habit of being that way. It's kind of the, and it's sometimes hard to get out of it. But it's really important to realize, okay, maybe that's not a healthy way to exchange and to have a, a, a good soothing relationship. So that's what we want to do next, is um, to show you a different approach. All right. So this is not a conscious choice to be this way, but it's something that's familiar. And hmm. being angry with each other often feels... Um, better than being vulnerable because underneath all that anger and defensiveness there's of course a lot of vulnerability mm -hmm. so but let's replay this by approaching each other with an open heart so just taking a moment to drop down into the heart <sighs> nice to see you Patrick did you have a nice vacation Yes, I did. It was good to get away for and relax for a while, you know. Oh, yeah, I get that. I'm glad you got to recharge. Uh, I have to admit, I'm a little bit jealous. I often feel stressed as well, and I would love to go on vacation. But I'm worried to leave mom alone. I totally understand that. Maybe we can find a way that you don't have to worry so much, and we'll oh, see what we can do. I would really appreciate that. I feel that I'm doing the main share of taking care of mom. And, and I know and understand that you live further away, but could we find a way for you to help out more? Well, you know what? I can't come every day, right? But you I could, cannot. No, of no, course it's not. Yeah. impossible. Mm. But I could come once or twice a week. And what do you think of asking her neighbor to check, uh, check on, on her as well? Oh, that's a good idea. And, and I really appreciate that. Um, thank you for understanding and uh, thank you for wanting to help out more. Yeah, and then you finally can go on holiday, on the holiday you deserve. Oh, I would love that. Thank you. 
So what you just heard was, of course, a simplified example of a usually longer or more drawn out conversation or several conversations so that we could demonstrate some key elements or commitments that somebody who interacts this way has made. So in order to create either meaningful, authentic and intimate personal relationships or trusting mutually beneficial professional relationships, we may need to make certain commitments to each other. And based on those commitments, we can then create what we call a trust circle. Now, this is a circle that you voluntarily enter in in order to uh, create that good exchange and good relationship. And there are some ingredients or some principle or some, char I would say, a charter that you commit to, that you want to respect. Yeah. And remember. And what's really important is that this trust circle is a safe environment for all participants. That I really love that focus on safe. How can I make the other person feel safe? So um, let's explain those five commitments. And that's time to take note. Well, if, yeah, if somebody wants to take notes, of course they could do that now. <laughs> All right, so do you want to ex uh, explain Start, the first yes. principle? The first principle is? You know, if you really want to um, be able to learn from one another, humility is the first uh, principle or the first, the first ingredient of creating that trust, relation, uh, trust circle. Um, but we need to define maybe a little bit that uh, term. So um, it's not modesty or weakness. Uh, that we want to think of here, but we see humility as an antidote to ego. It's really the opposite of being self-centered or close-minded. It means <clears throat> the willingness to not have your guard up as you enter the, the interaction and because it allows us to be vulnerable and to trust the best intention of the other person. Obviously, you won't get hurt but if you know that the other person has the same understanding of what needs to be done here, come humility, then it can become easier. Open listening and being willing to understand and learn about the other person is also part of humility. It allows that to happen. Successful interaction are about creating a win-win situation instead of wanting to be right. We, have, we always want to be right, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. We have to let go of that need to be right and understand that we can always learn something from the other person. And this can only take place if humility is present in the interaction. Right, win-win situation and letting go of wanting to be right. I, I love that. It actually reminds me of a Rumi poem that I find truly beautiful. It goes out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing there is a field i'll meet you there and that's a wonderful poem and you know this is really the idea of the trust circle to meet there in the middle so our second commitment is taking responsibility i wonder if you've ever said you make me feel or because of you, I feel. Or to, to a child, mommy feels this or that way because of you, because you did this or that. And 
at some point and blaming and blaming each other because uh, right? yeah yeah making someone else responsible for our feelings mm, right. and uh, however nobody makes us feel a certain way other people that could be our colleagues our friends our family members and especially our intimate partner they're especially good at this yes. trigger certain feelings in us they activate certain feelings in us but the responsibility for experiencing these feelings lies with us so nobody makes us well feel said. a certain way however we have it's like we have buttons on us they can push and then trigger a certain feeling but what we feel depends on how we interpret what the other person says or does it depends on the meaning we give something based on our life experiences that means our learned beliefs um, our emotional triggers, our prejudices, our filters that we have developed. So to illustrate this idea of our learned beliefs and filters a bit more, I want to tell you about an experiment. And it's actually an experiment I've done in a school setting with teenagers. It's quite eye-opening. So imagine you have three buckets of water in front of you. The bucket on the left contains cold water, the bucket on the right hot water and in the middle bucket there's room temperature water. So you're going to plunge your left hand into the bucket with the cold water and at the same time you put your right hand into the bucket with the hot water. And you leave your hands in the buckets for a couple of minutes. Then you pull them out and you put them both in the middle, middle bucket. So now the left hand came from the cold water how does the water in the middle feel to your left hand? Hot. Right. <laughs> However, we didn't even give our audience a, a moment to think about this, but let's think about the right hand here. The right hand came from the hot water, so the water in the middle appears to be... Cold. Right. Okay, more time now, right? <laughs> so you could say that at the level of the buckets... The hens are having an argument. Is the water hot? Is it cold? You're right. You're, you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah. The buckets represent our conditioning, the experiences we have had and the beliefs we have learned. We all come from a specific bucket and we have a different perception as we come together with others in the same reality in the, in the middle bucket. So when we remember that everybody comes from their own bucket of experiences, then it's so much easier for us to have true compassion for how others experience life and how they respond to it. So instead of insisting that we're right and what they're doing is wrong, we can see things as relative to our buckets. And you know, to be typically reactive to things, right? Instead of being reactive to, okay, that person comes from that experience. Now I understand why she or he is doing this and that, right? So I love your experience, uh, your, your explanation with the buckets. Right. So we can be really curious about the mm -hmm. other person's bucket. Mm -hmm. right. right. Very important. Okay. Now, principle number three. The third commitment or principle, which is trust. Well, we have to trust each other, obviously. Uh, that that both of us are really we assuming i mean we need to assume basically that the other person has the best intention right we're not coming in that that circle to destroy each other we're coming into it because 
We have the best intention to find a way to communicate. And that's it intent and that the person doesn't deliberately want to hurt us and we don't want to do the same. So we simply do our best. And as you mentioned before, sometime doing our best generates some behavior that might trigger like the uh, the eyes, how do you say that? When you roll, roll your roll eyes. Roll your eyes yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or the voice, we'll tone of voice. We'll talk more about that later, yeah. Yes. Uh, that we, you know, it can trigger some, some feelings in us and some reaction that are due to our past experience, our bucket. Um, so we have to understand that this, the person who is coming in the circle is an ally and not an enemy. And that makes a whole difference. So being that feel of trust, that field of trust. Right. Okay. So principle number four is love. And that might sound a little airy-fairy, but it actually isn't. It's quite scientific. Because love can become the umbrella for every interaction. Love is the highest form of energy and frequency in the universe. And sometimes that energy might be subtle... But always super powerful. You know, it doesn't know borders, no race, no religion, or any form of prejudice. And it also doesn't even know distance. Because, you know, did you have this example of like somebody that you think of who maybe is traveling and far away and then you think of them you think of them or you you send love energy and all of a sudden they call you or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so it's really amazing and it travels faster than light well it's also in abundance in every one of us so we can tap into it anytime and we can share it as much as we want because it's in abundance And, um, you know, animals are very sensitive to our feelings, too, as well as plants and obviously people. So they can feel it even from a distance. I have experienced that with plants and and with animals. You know, when you have an animal that can be aggressive, you send love and then it really calms down. It makes a difference. Yeah, Patrick really has a green thumb. His plants are beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I give them love all the time. You speak to them, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you speak lovingly to a plant, well, you will really see and, and the difference. Like if you ignore your plant or plants or, or even you can do all kinds of, of tests, you know. Uh, example, you said you, you, you also did some tests. What was right, it? Right, right, right. You were talking about rice, right, and water. Yes, yes. But... Um, maybe you want to explain at a moment. And I've mm-hmm. done tests with sending love energy to a glass of wine or to a citrus fruit, like a a lemon that you cut into half. You put one half um, somewhere at the the other end of the room and then you send love to the other half and the the taste completely changes. You can taste a difference because it really brings out their natural essence and the same with a glass of wine. Or you can do this with all sorts of things. I actually, on a regular basis send loving energy to my food and and my water Mm. that I drink. Actually, if you do that before you eat, you put your hand over the food and you send it love. You know these blessings, right, that uh, is teached in religions. They have a reason to be there. But if you just do simply putting your hand on your food before you eat and you send it love, uh, you will digest better. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. uh, a proven fact. So basically... What is important is when you enter that circle that you put 
your trust glass, uh, your love glasses. Yeah. You love lenses, so to speak. Yeah. Instead of approaching it with, you know, defensiveness or fear or need to be right. We definitely need to, to connect from a love, loving heart space with the other one. So that means remembering that the positive intention have to be there and that you trust your circle participant have as well. Right. And then we've got one more commitment or principle, number five, and that is balanced communication. So some of us are more comfortable communicating and others not so comfortable or not able to communicate as well. And that might sometimes have something to do with being an introvert or an extrovert, but not necessarily. Um, I have often found throughout my life that I'm more comfortable than most of my partners to talk about thoughts and feelings mm. and also faster at processing them. And I had to learn to give my partner time and space to do the same. I'm not always easy. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. I'm so, the same as you. I can talk easily and I met. I have partners, my present partner actually, who, who doesn't have that ease because not used to express feelings. You right. Know? It's all what we, we've learned or haven't learned. Yes. So it's important to understand the dynamic we have in such a circle. So as the partner who tends to dominate the verbal interaction... We need to support the other one by listening more or asking more questions. Having said that, that means as long as the questions come from a place of honest curiosity, open curiosity, and from a patient place. So it's not exactly. an interrogation. We have to be careful with questions. Questions can come across as the wrong way as well. So that is the partner who tends to talk more, needs to listen more. And the partner who's hesitant to communicate can also learn to open up more, the more especially that they feel safe in an interaction. As because we are in the trust circle, so Absolutely. they can open up. So learning to trust ourselves and each other to express what we have even our mind, on our mind or in our heart. And that's where we need to be aware of our typical behaviors and support each other. So mutual learning. We want to allow for equal time to express our thoughts and feelings. So before you come out of that trust circle, you might want to make sure to ask the other person, did you have a chance to say everything you wanted to say? Is there something else you want to share? Or do you feel complete? I do. <laughs> you do right now? Yes. Okay. So we're also, that completes our five principles. Once we've made these five commitments... Humility, responsibility, trust, love, and, and balanced communication. communication. We're more aware. So we need to remember that everybody comes with their own story from their own personal experiences. And this requires that we adjust our responses and behaviors. We need to really approach each other with an open mind and with empathy. Let's talk about empathy. Oh, yes. Uh, it's such an important word because... You know what it means. Maybe there is a difference between empathy and sympathy. So empathy means being able to understand and feel how the other person thinks and feel. Empathy fosters the broader perspective. It helps to really understand more dimensions uh, of the other person. 
and also, instead of taking what the other person says and does personally, like taking personally, that doesn't help. We need to remember and understand that everybody has their own fears and own perceptions. Yeah. And you briefly touched on the difference between sympathy and empathy. So for me, sympathy says, and, and that's I got that from Brainy Brown, um, sympathy is poor you, I feel for you, maybe I cry with you, um, I'm not necessarily having your experience, but I feel sorry for you. Now, empathy, on the other hand, you disagree a little bit? Okay, we no, can no, talk no, about no, that. No, not disagree, I just want to add right? okay. that, uh, like you said, you're crying, you're emo emotionally involved. That means you are going down, like you said before, in the well of the emotion right. of the Right, when we person. talked about this earlier, before we started this podcast, we were mm -hmm. talking about a person is, has fallen down into the well. I like my metaphors. And instead of jumping down with them, we are actually able to be empathetic at the top and maybe throw down the rope so that they can climb up. That's a very good example. I like it. Right. Because empathy, as opposed to sympathy, is saying, I feel with you. So having that experience of the common humanity, but at the same time from a place where we can be actually helpful. And you might wonder how you can be empathetic with somebody who has an experience you've never had. But we can. We don't need to have gone through the exact same situation. For example, in a partnership, I don't need to have the same childhood experiences as my partner. But to know what it feels like is where I'm connecting, right? Empathy is not about connecting to a specific experience, but about connecting to the emotions and experience triggers. So let's say my partner has an experience of abandonment. I will not have the same experience, but the feeling of abandonment is something I can connect to. Mm -hmm. And then this is where you become creative and say, well, what can I do to help? Okay, think always in a rational perspective, understand the feelings. Okay, she feels a, she or he feels abundant. How can I show that everything is okay? Mm -hmm. Right? Right. How can I relieve that experience mm -hmm. of abandonment yes. or that pattern that they, they have? That's right. All right, so now that we've outlined the five principles, we would like to give you a professional example. Um, there's going to be a professional interaction and how it unfolds differently whether we create a trust circle or not. And for this, I'm going to be Patrick's boss. And what a boss. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. We actually did this as a, at a talk the other day where we were video recorded. So that was fun because we could also use the body language right. to show this. Um, unfortunately, in this podcast, all you get Imagine. are the words and the tone of voice and you have to imagine the body language all right ready yep patrick uh, i just had a meeting with our new client and i need you to do research on this area and i need this report on my desk by monday can i count on you sure right so patrick is really dragging here uh rolling his eyes behind my back <laughs> because she doesn't have eye contact she's tapping on her uh, pad 
and uh, she's just ordering me around and you know how much I like that <laughs> <laughs> so the boss in our example didn't give Patrick a voice she's a driver which is just a personality thing so she's concerned about moving forward she feels pressure to produce but even though it's a bit her personality to be this way this interaction can sound totally different when she allows herself to go into a trust circle with Patrick. And we're going to do that next, right? Yes. All right. Hi, Patrick. How are you doing today? Hi, Angelica. Good, thanks. Uh, I had a meeting with our new client. Oh, good. Yeah, he had a high interest in purchasing that building that we talked about. Mm. What do you think would add value for them to move forward? Oh, thanks for asking. Well... You know what? Maybe I could do some research on on this area. How urgent is it? Oh, unfortunately, quite urgent. I need it as soon as possible. Oh, I see. Well, let me think. Maybe I can take... It's Friday already, so um, I can take some time uh, on Saturday to put this report together. Would that work? Oh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Patrick. And if you need any help, just give me a ring. Oh, okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. So as you could see, an interaction unfolds completely differently when we create a circle of trust. And she was engaging with me. Like she had eye contact. Uh, she was like trying to listen to me. So I felt very different. Right. So that is a communication with openness and respect. And that respect and openness is not only reflected in our choice of words but also in our tone of voice and in our body language. And you might have heard that verbal communication is only between 7 to 20 percent. It depends on the study that you read. Some say 7 percent, some say 10 percent. Other studies say up to 20 percent. But the point is that the other 80 to 93 percent of communication is nonverbal. That means body language and tone of voice are highly important. Because we're constantly scanning others in regards to nonverbal expressions. And especially when we already feel vulnerable, we feel defensive, we feel stressed or emotionally activated. So an expression like an eye roll or a sigh, a raised tone of voice can trigger us into fight or flight mode and especially if that corresponds with childhood experiences mm -hmm. so if somebody you were mentioning this earlier rolls their eyes at me and i'm maybe carrying the pattern that i'm a burden that feeling space of being a burden will immediately be triggered by those uh, by those rolled eyes or uh, the raised tone of voice is a good example because that triggers lots of people and especially if I've grown up with maybe a caretaker that was loud or angry yeah. uh, that triggers again that vulnerability from childhood and, and from, that and feeling from, of danger that's right and from the other person who is expressing loudly that person might just be passionate and just love to express but it may not be received the same way and it's important to express how you feel when something like that happened, you know? And I had the case. I had the case of uh, a partner who just loved to speak loud. And and I said to her, I understand how you are. I understand you're passionate. But it really was getting, on, getting me little by little because I didn't take it personally at first. 
But as it, with time, you know, going on, uh, I could feel that it was triggering stuff in me. And so by um, expressing that, your partner can take in, that in account and make an effort and you make an effort not to take it personally. So your partner an effort to, to maybe calm down the voice um, and then you to not take it too personally. Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And something else might be going on with that as well. Sometimes people get louder or angrier when they don't feel heard. And that's right. Oh, right? there are many things. Right. So you know, this is about exploring this a little bit more without judgment and just going, okay, what's going on here? Yeah, and how totally. How can we change that? And to add on this complexity of the relationship, uh, you know, um, another observation can be made. When two people are communicate, communicating, then uh, one person might allow... Up on more rational, having and more, more rational, emotional, yeah, mm. and versus more emotional. So, rational meaning, you know, analyze, analyzing things with fact, fact oriented, mm -hmm. and not engaging emotionally. And the other uh, person being more emotional just um, refers to feelings and feel things, and just cannot think rationally because she's to she or he is totally into that feeling mode. And so when these two people meet, it's really difficult to connect. So it's important to realize the typical behavior of one or another and to communicate and say, okay, well, I understand that you feel that way. Because I know and in some situation, if we're too rational and the other one is too emotional, it's just no communication possible. So you right. need to uh, realize, okay, my partner is really fact-oriented, my partner is really emotionally oriented, I need to adapt my speech accordingly. Right. And I need to choose the right words accordingly. And it happens in general that when two people come together, one tends to be more rational, the other one tends to be more emotional. And then within the relationship, we polarize more and more into those opposites mm -hmm. because we get lost into, well, this is my way, this is how I am, this is the right way of being, mm -hmm. instead of realizing that the other person actually has something that you need, Yes, the, exactly. that other piece. Yeah, and then, so when we are in that space of being overwhelmed by these emotions, um, you know, what is important is to, to, to meet at the middle, you know, to really uh, connect and, and understand, okay, well, I'm going to uh, go more into my emotion and the other one I'm going to go in my, in my rational. And sometimes we, we are so triggered that we are emotionally activated and we can call it also emotionally hijacked. That means uh, you, you just cannot think, think straight, you know. At that time... There's a lot of chemical that are overflowing in our body. And if you want to be able to have rational thought again, you need a minimum of 20 to 30 minute break, minimum, sometimes 40 minutes easily, uh, to just calm down, calm the nerve, nervous system, um, calm the interaction. So take a break in that time. Yeah, because the alarm is on, you know, basically. So... Calm down, and the way you can do that, the way you can do that is, uh, for example, breathing techniques. So breathing techniques are so powerful and very important. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you are triggered, you don't feel like you want to breathe. You're just like so ready to fight, right? Of light. So, but take the time to breathe during this 20 to 30 minutes time. Move your body so the blood can circulate. Then the it's the the, the Geography can change. 
connect with nature, ground yourself on the on the ground if you can. Drink water because then you flow. You can at least go to the washroom and and flush all these chemicals. You know, typical chemicals are cortisols, peptide. It's a bunch of chemicals that are there. The heart rate increases as well because it pumps the blood into muscle into the muscles uh, in order to help you to get ready to fight flight or freeze so try to do anything you can and one of the powerful technique that i suggest as well is laughing and yes. laughing about ourselves and about the situation about what's going on if you can do that wow you're a winner Yeah, not always easy, but absolutely, <laughs> we might have to point out that that's not always easy, yeah. but uh, something to strive toward. Um, so yeah, these techniques that you mentioned are definitely the most important ones, um, but there might be other things too that are relaxing and calming to an individual that might be a good activity during this time out during this break. And we need to encourage our partner to take those breaks. We need to encourage each other. Because we're interdependent, or in other words, we're in each other's care and we depend on each other. And what is good for my partner is also good for me. And that in turn is good for the relationship, which is like a third entity. And you're going to elaborate on that a little bit more in a moment, right? So relationships are teamwork. We co-create harmonious and supportive relationships. Yes. So, you know, as you mentioned, we are... First, you have to start... We all we are one entity. Your partner is one entity, and we are co-creating a third entity called the one, the one relationship. And this all from our individual life experience and baggages. So we only want to bring the best into the one relationship, that one relationship, right? And we feel that uh, if we are dragging something from the past into it. We need to just have the courage to mention it or to be aware of it or to ask for help even. If you see, okay, you cannot get rid of it, then ask for help. Say, yeah, you know, in the past, I, I remember, yeah, my ex-husband used to do that or my ex-wife used to do that. And so I keep it keeps coming back. And it usually it. goes way beyond the ex-husband and ex-wife. Right, absolutely. Right? It goes all the way back to childhood. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Mm -hmm. So... This requires courage and practice. So a good, another good way um, to, to improve on, on this situation is to, de to do a debriefing, you know. Uh, speak about what went well and, and also what can be improved on. So when you debrief, focus on, practice this 80-20 rule, you know, you have heard of that. So when you communicate, speak about what went well, the positive affirmation that would give positive feedback 80% of the time and uh, 20% of the time about what can be improved on. Right, yeah. No, I love positive affirmations. It's actually one of my love languages, the, the language of um, affirmations. So communicating that positive totally motivates our partner. But that's not the only thing. It also shifts our own focus to everything that we love, like, and appreciate about the other person. That has a double benefit. Mm. Because appreciation allows us to view each other with an open heart. So to summarize, because we're coming here to the end of our podcast, by being in this open heart space, 
by entering into a trust circle and remembering the five commitments while we're in the trust circle. Humility. Responsibility. Trust. Love. And balanced communication. We can then continue to connect and grow in all our relationships every day. And as we're talking about appreciation and teamwork, I very much appreciate you, Patrick. And I me too, Angelica. Thank you so much for doing that with me. I think it's, I find it very uh, interesting, and it makes it it's inspiring, inspiring, isn't it? Yes, and hopefully we've inspired for. the audience here as well. Because uh, yeah, so because I appreciate so much of who you are and how you show up in this world and all you know and can bring to the table. Likewise. Right. From that place of appreciation and excitement, um, we, for everything that we have to offer, right, we invite our audience, our listeners to join us for one of our next workshops. And that could be either in Ontario, BC, where Patrick is just moving to, Europe, or Asia, Asia. or in the future also online. Now, what is important, of course, uh, to understand that these workshops, we are going more in depth, right? We're going to really dissect and understand how it works and give you valuable tools that you can use on an everyday, in an everyday life and uh, with any form of partnership or relationship that you have. Right. And these workshops are very experimental. So right. it's not just learning a certain theory, but to actually practicing with different exercises, practicing with others and embodying uh, that learning. And fun. Yeah, fun <laughs> and laughter, absolutely. <laughs> so we're planning a workshop for Valentine's Day 2019, a location to be announced. A little bit before Valentine, so right. you, you're yes. ready. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we will continue to bring you podcasts and videos until then, so you can check out our websites as well for further, further information about both of us. Do you want to give your yes. website? So my website is peakpotentialinternational.com peakpotentialinternational.com My phone number is 416-919-8466 416-919-8466 And you can reach, reach me also by email patrick at peakpotentialinternational.com and I will put all that information into the episode notes as well. Uh, but here's my website, just so you know. Uh, that's greendoorrelaxation.net. So green like the color green, door like the door you walk through, relaxation.net. Uh, my phone number, 905-286-9466. That is a North American phone number, a Canadian one. My email is greendoorrelaxation at yahoo.ca. We I will also include um, a little summary in, in the episode notes about the five principles and commitments so that if anybody has the desire to read through it again, they can. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our workshops. Yeah. Uh, and that could mean either by yourself, right? Or with a partner or a friend. Yes. We always give friends specials if you want to come with somebody or a family member. And yeah, and we're also very happy for any comment on this podcast. And if you're like me and you need a teenage son or daughter to help you with technology, you might appreciate that there's actually a page on my website that explains how to leave a review of the podcast channel uh, on your phone. So... 
Patrick, I feel so blessed that we got to do this podcast together. Yes, indeed. And I'm truly excited about our workshops. Me too. And, uh, you know, our wish is really for you uh, to experience a relationship journey as you growth and joy, in growth and joy. And, and just, it's a journey. It's not a destination. A relationship is always uh, in movement. Beautiful yeah. said. So... Yes. We're looking forward to spend some time with you in relationship and wish you a fantastic rest of the day or night. All right. Thank you. Until next time. <laughs>